the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Greetings and welcome to this episode of AV Nation TV's Connected. I'm your host, David Danto, and look, we're back. We're back at the CES show in Las Vegas. Um, we're expecting four or five days of high technology and AI and infrastructure and new concepts and all kinds of awesome things. We've got a lot of interviews and a lot of uh, pictures of what happened here, so stay with us and we'll bring it right to you. Obligatory Central Hall CES selfie. Hi everyone, my name is Jawe. I'm with Kandal Technology. I'm the Chief Growth Officer here. And today I want to show you some really interesting meeting products um, that we have developed. Our solution is focused around 360 panoramic capture center of table solutions that also have built in mics and speakerphones and also most importantly what differentiates us from other 360 companies is that it has built-in Android operating systems. This year we're really excited to show off the Kandal Meeting Ultra which has the lenses, mics and speakers but also this touchscreen tablet. What's also really unique is that we have um, the built-in different custom views where you have two 180 degrees coming out of each lens or you have a 360 on top with up to eight active speakers. This camera right here will live stream in up to 4K 30 frames. Um, so you can stream that through any video conferencing platform, Zoom, Teams, or whatever it is. Um, and the previous generations would be the Meeting Pro that's super popular um, with financial institutions, government institutions, nonprofits, enterprise. So all of our cameras are focused around 360. And with this 360, it allows you to have more face-to-face -face conversations, and it's also built for uh, spaces of any size, whether it is a workspace, small meeting rooms, medium meeting rooms, or large meeting rooms. We can cover all of those needs. And definitely, we also have built in a system so that you can connect up to four devices together to service larger conference rooms. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.condalvr.com.
one example in the health tech where AI is getting embedded that's gonna have a benefit for us as people in our health. Well, I'm, I'm attending a press conference tomorrow from the people that actually make these frames. It's the Luxottica people under the brand Ray-Ban, which they own. They own almost all of the eyeglasses in the world. And, and they've come out with you know, uh, something for the visually impaired so that it can improve, but they're also coming out with uh, hearing assistance for people that are hearing impaired so you can walk around and get amplification while wearing regular glasses in designer frames. So nobody would ever know that you had a hearing aid. Correct. And there have been some great products in that space for the last three or four years that look like earbuds, but you're still wearing earbuds and some people might get insulted that you don't take them off. Nobody gets insulted that I don't take off my glasses. And I think that would be a really terrific benefit. So I'm looking at it and I'm putting them on. And I'm talking and I'm hearing them. Yes. Wow, the voice lift is really amazing. I wish I could explain it to people. You'll see in the video what it looks like, uh, what the voice lift is. It's a tremendous product and definitely one of the bigger innovations that I've seen at CES this year. We are Nuance, a driving force in hearing care. We are sound engineers on a mission to redefine how you hear the world around you. We developed a revolutionary technology that brings unparalleled clarity and high resolution sound. Every voice can be heard. Hi there, I'm Zipporah representing LifeIn here at CES 2024, holding the new LifeIn Wave electric toothbrush the first electric toothbrush that oscillates and vibrates at the same time to get a deeper clean, uh, as well as protecting your gums with soft bristles. Uh, creative movement by yourself. You can download the app, uh, get to know it a little bit better, use it in flight mode, take it handy, it's super small and cute. Uh, and yeah, if you wanna get your hands on one yourself, they'll be available in March on lifeintech.com and on Amazon. My name is Richard Malter, and I am from Enchanted Tools. And you sound like you have a Brooklyn accent. Is that where you're from? <laughs> I'm, I'm from Paris, France. Uh, it's a, it's a one, on, one meter and 30 centimeter high robot mounted on a sphere. So he's, uh, he's rolling around. He has two arms and a really, really pretty face with animated uh, movements and two big ears, something like 20 centimeters ears. We are. We, we feel we are in the in the category of humanoid robots because the robot has two arms and two hands, and it's the best shape to uh, to have a robot in a, in a human uh, area to have robot around us because our robots is uh, made to work uh, among us. But we add more than just this humanoid uh, these arms to. We had a, a face, and uh, we create a new kind of uh, spaces. Kind of, it's uh, we create characters. We work with people from animation movie, because we think we have to bring more than just utility when we build robots. We think technology can be more than useful. Technology can also bring smiles, uh, uh, nice reactions, and that's why we want to bring more than just the utility of it, but bring uh, kind of cartoon characters. So
and I'm sitting with uh, Mitch Hershkowitz, uh, representing Canon Amlos. Um, Mitch, tell everybody again who you are and what you do and what Canon is doing here. Yeah, sure. So I've been with Canon for about six months now, pretty much in a business development role, helping them bring this product called Amlos, activate my line of sight to the market. And uh, it's an interesting little solution that we'll, we'll talk a bit about today, and we're showing it off this week at CES. It's basically bringing the physical into an existing conference room. So you have Teams, you have Zoom, you have WebEx, you pick your favorite platform. But there are things in that room that today, unless you're pointing a camera right at it, you don't have. So, so that's what we're going to talk about. And um, uh, Amlos was actually introduced here last year, right? It's one year old now? Yeah, so that's exactly right. So last year it was introduced at CES and won an, won a, uh, an award here. And uh, for the most part, we've been introducing it into uh, early testing uh, customers, uh, a couple of universities, a couple of healthcare, a couple of R&D, and uh, taking their feedback. And this year we're launching it um, to the market at CES 2024. Now, Amlos isn't necessarily a product and isn't necessarily a service. It's kind of both. There's plenty of collaboration that's out there right now, a lot of different platforms, a lot of different services. Tell us what Amlos gives, why it's different. Yeah, so again, it's uh, to your point, it, it's, it's two things in one. It's, it's, it's a camera. There is a Canon PTZ camera as part of the solution, which will sit in the room that already is set up for conferencing. And then there's the software, which is Amlos. And basically what it's doing is it's providing other dimensions to that conference. So people want to have whiteboard. People want to have document cameras. People want to have close-ups of 3D images and prototypes and, and different types of um, ways in which they can collaborate that. Unless it's digital today, you can't do that in your traditional conferencing. So it's bringing that other dimension while you still have that. So we have a view of the room through the single camera that has multiple streams. And we bring that to the end user in a personalized view. So you're sitting at home watching this meeting. You say, Mitch, I want to talk about that image on the wall. I can zoom into that with that camera, bring it to you. You can actually adjust it. You can personalize it. You can save it yourself. But you also still have that room view of the other 10, 12 people who are sitting there. Uh, if you go online, uh, you can go to Canon Amlos and check out our website. You can see uh, video demonstrations of it. You can see uh, some of the use cases that we have today with universities. Uh, the next event where we'll actually um, have a big booth again will be at Infocom. So in June at Infocom, right back here in Las Vegas, we'll, uh, we'll have a booth as well. In between, uh, there'll be opportunities, whether it's an Enterprise Connect or a local um, event like a healthcare, healthcare trade show where, where Canon individuals will be. So I'm here at Showstoppers, terrific event run by uh, Steve and Dave Leon, really good guys. And I just saw a company, I'm going to show some of the video for you, called Vio, that's coming out with a product that's really amazing. It shoots a video camera through a transparent OLED screen, and they do processing with the camera to interpret what the interference would be from the video image and electronically remove it. Really awesome stuff. Here, take a look. So this is a camera shooting through the transparent LED screen, and what you're seeing on the screen is an artifact that's coming because the camera's shooting through the screen. So what VIO is doing is it's taking a software program to remove the artifact from the video, right? So show us what that looks like. There's the camera that's mounted behind it, and now it's shooting through that image. And if we take a look at how that's coming out, it's perfectly clear. So the technology is the LG transparent screen 
and it's your camera, yes, and it's your software, yes, that runs through, and the software is processing the camera, yes. So maybe the camera can't see the screen, but see the system. And when will it be available? Uh, this summer. This summer. Yeah. This size and the and the larger size. Yes. And I am here with my good friend and industry associate, Greg Harper. Greg, I want you to tell everybody who you are and what you do, but Greg is probably the one person in this city right now that I've been working with professionally longer than anybody else, going way back to when we were both doing things for FNN. Right. FNN when it was still the Exxon building on 6th Avenue. Yes. And, so, and, and I was talking to Gary Shapiro uh, uh, the, other, the other night, and we're trying to figure out how long I've been coming to CES. And we think it's about 36 or 37 years, uh, starting in Chicago and then coming to Chicago here. So I've been doing this for a long time. So there isn't enough room on this video for all of our hats combined. Correct. But what's the simple, easy way to describe what you do in the industry for some Well, I, I look for trends, I look for futures, and I try to then design technology that's going to take that into case. So I'm not as interested in necessarily the device that's out there today, but I find CES in general a very, very great place to get ideas and see where people are going. I can't tell you how many things I see, like at Showstoppers, and then three years later it becomes a real product and a major thing. I mean, I was thinking just for example, this year both LG and uh, Samsung showed little robots. Well, I got my little robot three years ago, and my grandkids love it, and now all of a sudden it's a product. But, you know, we sort of see that. It was AI doing it. So you see things here first. And then that leads it. You know, in the old days, it used to be the, the government industry, you know, military led the technology. Today, it really is the consumer world that's leading the technology. So you've already agreed, and we're going to do a show probably in the next week or two with a round robin of, I don't know, four or five, six panelists about what happened. And I want you to save some cool things there because the show's not over yet. It's actually, we've been here for three days. Today's the first day that it opened. Correct. There's plenty we haven't seen. But right now, after the first day in the media days, What's the top two or three things that you saw that you're excited about? Well, obviously, AI is everywhere. Um, uh, interestingly, I liked um, uh, Samsung, their uh, LED, uh, the micro-LED transparent screen. Uh, the idea of putting that on, a, for example, a sports booth where you're looking out on the field and then they can put the information on as opposed to turning your head and looking away uh, to see the stats. That was kind of cool. Um, the... Other things that I saw, uh, new large screen TVs from people that we hadn't thought about before, the Hisense of the world, the TCLs of the world, they're doing stuff. I mean, I was at Sony. You know, they don't show TVs anymore. They're, they're, you know, it's PlayStation. I mean, they did, they did use a PlayStation controller to drive their car out. They're doing it Honda. So uh, when you're starting to see the automotive and bringing technology into the car, they're really thinking of the car as being the next entertainment hub. And the connection between your home, your car, and your work, as that comes together, it's a continuous thing. And so I was interested to note how many Microsoft links there were. A lot of people, including, for example, Sony. You know, you'd think they're competitors because of PlayStation versus Xbox. But no, they're right off the stage doing stuff together. Any other exciting trends that you think you'll see in two years that are weren't a product yet? You know, um, the, the whole concept here is bringing data. The whole AI stuff is really, it's, it's, it's moving large amounts of data. 
and so everybody's saying, well, wait a minute, I'm a Tesla, I got lots of data. Oh, I'm a LG, I know about people in the refrigerator. But all that stuff right now is unique to their companies, and it's not it's not generalized. It's 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 locked in to their particular data set. I think we're going to start seeing ways where some of that data gets um, uh, it, it'll become anonymous, but it will start becoming a feeding of training the AIs, um, and we'll start seeing so what we saw with smart with smart things. Uh, where and autonomous vehicles, uh, autonomous vehicles. But no, we also saw. Remember, in the early days, everybody had their own internal, you know, control for their TV and only worked their ecosystem. And then they had their uh, their own uh, IoT. They only worked with their things. Now we've got, um, you know, Meta and things like that, where things are talking together. So I think we're going to see that trend moving forward. Um, and I think we're going to see more of it going into devices we hadn't thought about. Um, today, I don't know if you went to the keynote with L'Oreal. And I was going, why in the world are we seeing a health, a beauty company doing it? Well, they're showing, they're using an AI device to help you figure out what kind of makeup to put on. They're, they're using uh, a device to help uh, disabled people put lipstick on. Uh, they're, they're, they're analyzing your face, deciding what they recommend. Now, it's still a marketing thing, but uh, they also showed off a, a, hair br a hair brush that would allow you to dye your hair. Yeah, not thing. You know, you and I don't need that, or maybe we do. But um, I but, like my silver. Yeah, yeah. But but you get people doing things like that, and it's sort of thinking about how we can bring these things together, and that's yeah. kind of interesting. And and the other thing, just as a quick point, is some of the technology matures to the point where it's so easy. I remember when I was at CES, I think it was five years ago, six years ago, they had a special laser gun, and I sat there for half an hour where they shaped my ear. And then built me, you know, custom right. earbuds. There's a guy over there doing it um, with a smartphone, just taking exactly. a picture. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the other thing is imaging. Um, so I, I think I told you I, I recently got a new uh, car, it's a BMW, and um, you know, software upgrade uh, happened just a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden the car's got all these new capabilities I didn't even know about, and it, you're starting to see this over-the-air upgrades of things because it's become a software platform. And so now they're going to, of course, try to sell you, you know, you want extra music, you know, extra bass, ah, pay $12.95 a month. Uh, you're going to see more of that. But the moment you start making this a platform, a computing platform, and these vehicles become a platform, especially electric vehicles, because there's far fewer parts in electric vehicle, now you can do things you haven't done before. I'm at Eureka Park this morning at uh, the Venetian Expo Center, it used to be the Sands Expo Center. It's a really Dickensian experience here, the best of times, the worst of times. It's great to see a lot of startups. If you look down any of these cars, you can't walk through them. It's just too crowded to get through down to see any of the products. I wanted to bring your attention to a company that's uh, making a really cool product. Here, I'll show it to you. Because, I mean, I, I can take you a couple of other booths that were more than mine. That, and they would just lay over the top of this. And rematch? The product is Xbot Go from a company called Blink Tech. And what they've done is they've created an app that goes on your smartphone that talks to a gimbal that automatically tracks the action that your smartphone is seeing. Now they plan on using this 
to cover sporting games, you know, like basketball or, or football or something like that. But you can also set it into person tracking. And now you could have a smartphone with a Bluetooth audio input tracking a presenter on the stage or a presenter in front of a room. Suddenly, the idea of having a conference room in a box that you walk in is possible again. And now, since you're using a smartphone, you could pick whether you want it to be Zoom or Teams or whatever else you're using. So a lot of very interesting possibilities here. I just got out of a press conference that was being done by Abbott Laboratories. Really innovative use of augmented reality and mixed reality to help people donating blood. Here, take a look. had a great demo of the AuraCast experience from the Bluetooth SIG. AuraCast is going to be a technology that allows the Bluetooth user, the Bluetooth device holder, to listen to broadcast streams from sources that can be TVs in a bar, they can be airports, they can be assistive listening systems. It's a, it's a one-to-many transmit, new technology coming out. A lot of companies are supporting it. Take a listen to some of the demo is that you're able to hear and tune in at your rate and speed. So imagine if you are using a hearing assisted device, now you'll be able to tune in and listen and be able to adjust the volume for something that's comfortable for you. The other benefit and what you'll notice, and I noticed you pointed out the one there, the transmitter here that we're using here is GNN, the Streamer Plus. So this transmitter is allowing it to transmit out at a regional area. And uh, the transmitter size is important, and I'll talk a little bit more about why that's important later on. But the benefit is, is now that if I have the transmitter, I'm able to now go ahead and send that broadcast out. And because it is an unlimited amount of receivers, anyone that is in that broadcast range can tune in at their pace and speed. Um, I'm in the SK booth. SK is one of the largest companies in Korea, and, and they've built an actual amusement park here in the middle of CES 2024. I don't know if you can get, a, get a, an image of it, but you know, there's a miniature version of the sphere over there. Behind me on the other side, there's a, a, an immersive ride. There's a, a dancing race car ride to show off some of the car batteries. They're showing off fuel cell technology. They have a plastics recycling area. They've got um, a, a train ride, an adventure area. Literally, they've built an amusement park here in the middle of CES 2024. Um, it's stunning. It's interesting. I spoke to a couple of the people that work here to ask, what's the message? What are you trying to say? And it's really just for awareness of the company. So uh, welcome to CES 2024, where you're in a wonderland in an amusement park. So we're sitting here with uh, my good friend and industry associate, Doug Money. Doug, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. So we're at CES. I don't know. This has got to be around my 30th CES. How many have you been to? Do you have any idea? I'm trying not to go and count. People ask me, and I'm just like, too many. 
I decided I'm not getting up at eight o'clock in the morning to stand online to go to press conferences that are being streamed anymore. I'm just going to watch them from my hotel room and do screen captures. Oh, that's kind of cool. You can order room service. Do they still have room service? I guess they still have room service. And, um, you know, just eat and watch. That's kind of cool. That would, that would work. Yeah. So it's just, you know, we're going to, we're going to take it easier this year at CES. It's just gotten overwhelming. Why are you here? What, what's the reason that you come to the show every year? And what are you looking for, for specifically this year? Every year is something different. I, I think that um, this year, um, as in previous years, I'm with the Fiber Broadband Association this year. Um, so I'm looking for um, new applications that take advantage of the fiber broadband that's um, continuing to grow within the United States. Because right now we've got about uh, over 50% of homes in the U.S. are passed by fiber. And with another 42 billion plus in uh, one chunk of federal money and um, other chunks of federal money in there, um, that numbers of uh, homes passed and homes connected to fiber is going to go up significantly over the next five years. Okay. All right, so, so let me complain for a second. Go ahead. Um, so I'm a Verizon uh, customer, Fios customer in New Jersey. Fiber service is terrific, but because of it, they've discontinued copper service, which used to be one of the most reliable things that you could get, and now they just don't offer it anymore. You don't want to get me started. Dave, Dave you're describing something that is not, not the fiber industry's fault. It's a problem of legacy. We don't deal with legacy well. Copper's expense. Copper's been expensive. It's unreliable, and nobody's invested in an infrastructure. Let's be honest. For like at least the past two decades. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been legacied out, and like in the Washington D.C. area where I live, as a Verizon customer, by you, uh, mind you, um, you know, I can't get copper anymore. They're just be like basically like, oh, you want to get dial tone services? Well, we have to run fiber to your house and plug in the. Plug in the widget box so you can so you can get service. Period. End of story. Even if I just want a, a plain landline, I still have to get fiber, and that's and that's more and more the the situation across many parts of the country. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm not here to praise copper. I'm here to bury it. In other words, because there's not the investment has not been made um, in large cities and small cities. In larger cities, there's a rolling transition to fiber because of the fact that. Um, the legacy infrastructure, it just can't be supported, A, and B, everybody wants higher bandwidth speeds, right? We found out during COVID that, um, you know, uh, DSL speeds, you know, 10 megasecond off of a copper line, assuming you could get reliable service, just didn't work when you had four people in a household trying to do um, uh, work from home and also doing um, uh, education at, in, in the house. So, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And, and if you go back and look at the history of folks um, talking about the um, uh, death of copper, it's been happening for like two to three dec two to three decades. People haven't, well, two decades, I'll say, um, where it's been a known fact that all these legacy switches in the United States um, that were put in back in their heydays in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, well, they're starting to die because the companies that, that made them died, the... Um, People who know how to um, fix them either died or have retired, and it's just you know, copper's a legacy. Copper's a legacy. Copper is a legacy problem that you know we're starting to solve in some respects, and we're starting to solve in some respects, and that's probably more of a TED talk than you wanted to hear about. <laughs> that's, no, that's okay. You know, we used to use the term four wire guy to insult somebody, but now it's actually a badge of you know honor that you know, hey, I know how to use a butt set. I understand what the wires are for. Yeah, I just you know, now it's like you know, you know, if you know how to use a butt set, and if you're in specific industries, it's going to be like cobalt. 
you know, there's a, there's a dwindling number of people who know how to use that technology, and there's a dwindling uh, number of, of installations, but those installations that do use that technology, they're going to be willing to pay for it. So. We, we basically have three servers running out right now. Uh, so one is like, if you give a script, it automatically changes to a video. And secondly, if you don't have the, the text, then just just like give the keywords to the GPT and it automatically like write down your text and turns to a video. Okay. I just finished getting a demo of a product from NTT Sonority, which is amazing. They're making an open ear style headphone called Noom and it sits outside your ear. They have it as wired earbuds, wireless earbuds, over the air headsets, and it's floored me. I asked them what the frequency response was, understanding that the base <clears throat> for an open-ear environment would probably be, I don't know, 100 hertz or 200 hertz, and they said the answer is it goes down to 40 hertz. And I put it on, and they're right. It's open-ear. It has true base response down to 40 hertz, or at least it seemed like that to me. And then if you're standing next to me, though, no one can hear it. It only projects the sound right into your ear. Take a look at the demo and, and of me wearing it. It's really amazing. Hello, my name is Robert from NTT Sonority, and I want to, I'd like to introduce a product from our company. Um, we're an audio device company created, just established in 2020, but we have a very exciting product. The product you're seeing right now, there is an open-ear design product. If you take a look at it, here it is. It's an open-ear product. I can still hear the music, but at the same time, you can have a seamless conversation at the same time. We have many products that you see right now on the lineup. And the one you're seeing at the middle, it's a really nice design. It's a very innovative design. It's something new. People will be real excited. Now, having a seamless conversation gives lots of merit, but you know what? These kinds of products is a concept model, and I would love people to try this on. Stay tuned. Where can people find out more information? Yes, um, first, uh, you'll be able to purchase the product on Amazon. And if you want to find further about the product information, type in NWM Noom or NTT Sonority. And that's QR code. Hey, this is Gary Boss, and I'm with Audio Technica, and we're at CES 2024. Had to think about that for a second. Um, and one of the focuses we have at the show this year is on our creation products. Um, so within that realm, we do microphones and headphones, and we do a very special combination of the two, which I'll get to in a second. So on the microphone front, we kind of have two primary key products for this market. One is this guy, and this is called the AT2040. Now what this is, is a dynamic microphone, and dynamic microphones by nature tend to be a little warmer. And this one, the polar pattern is how the microphone picks up. And this has a very narrow polar pattern. It's called a hypercardioid. And what that's gonna do is help eliminate a lot of the room noise. One of the things that we hear over and over from a lot of our creators is they don't have treated rooms or spaces to work in and so they have problems with room ambience so the 2040 will help you get around that 
We have that in a wired version, which is an XLR balance, which you'll need to go into a mixer or an interface. And we also have that same product in a USB version, which is new, called the AT2040 USB. I wonder how we came up with that name. That's that guy. And then we have a condenser microphones. Condenser microphones, by their nature, tend to be more sensitive, so they pick up a little better, and they tend to have a little better higher frequency response. Um, and so, by their very nature, they will tend to pick up a little bit more of the room, but you get very good articulation, which is very important for um, understanding language and really understanding the content. So the 20... The 2020 was originally designed for home and project studios. So this is a product that literally came right out of professional recording studios right into the creation market. And that's the 2020. Um, again, we also have a USB output version of that because we're cool. And the latest version of that is this guy here called the AT2020 USB XP. And what do we have there? Well, we have the same condenser element with a couple little tricks. One is we have automatic gain control. So what that's gonna do when you plug that in, regardless of if you're talking very loud or very quietly, it actually automatically adjusts the gain so you get uh, adequate signal into your system. And the other thing is we have three levels of digital noise reduction, which is gonna help control the noise in your room. Right on board, we have a silent capacitive mute switch. A lot of people call this a cough switch, so if you're in the middle of a stream, you can hit that and it doesn't pop. Uh, it's a silent switch. And so that's the 2020 USB XP. How can people find out more about it? Um, Audio-technica.com. Um, we have a lot of uh, kind of increased, what do I want to say, enhanced content on that site about when I was talking about the dynamic microphone versus the condenser, you can find more about that. You can find out the difference in polar patterns, a hypercardioid versus a cardioid polar pattern. That's all on our website at audiotechnica.com. That's it for this episode of Aviation TV's Connected. I'm your host, David Daniel. Thanks very much for watching. We really do appreciate it. We'll see you on the next one.